that that was so short and sweet. I loved Thank it. Oh, Corbin. Welcome, everyone, to episode, I think we're on 33, or are we on 34 of the podcast? Wow, look at Semi-bookish. Um, really quickly, we'll start. I'm Andy, your gracious dungeon daddy. Nope. Daddy, <laughs> the, daddy of the dungeon, if you will. Daddy of the dungeon. I'm not. Get <laughs> out. To my right, we have Lord... Ish. The ish. Can't have semi bookish without him. Going around, Aaron, who are you? I'm the supreme overlord of all. And Tony! The ultimate snack. Tony. Ooh. Did you have a name yet? The ultimate snack. You're not. It's. You're here. He wants a dollar every time you say it in private. Uh, Yes, they do. Um, And then we have Jen. Who are you, Jen? You said it. You said my name. <laughs> What's your code name? I don't need one. The Supreme Overlord Queen of all. Thank you. We rule together in this world as mind twins. Yes. <laughs> we do love mind twins. All right. What are we reading? I'm going to start it off really, really quick. Uh, plug about our Staff Picks book club we have coming up next Thursday. Um, by the time you hear this podcast, it'll probably be a little late to jump on board that train. But then but, you can jump on board next month. Right? Yay. Well, not necessarily. You still have time. You have three whole days if you are prompt, as I am. If you are subscribed and listening Monday morning at 5.17. Right? 17 a.m. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm listening to Spark Joy by Marie Kondo. And it's, if you have anything to do with, like, any knowledge of what uh, Spark Joy is all about, it's basically a, a method for decluttering tidying, organizing, and creating a life that, quote-unquote, sparks joy. It's cute. It's fun. I'll probably be done tonight. Um, And then I have a couple other books in the wings that I might finish, like Elvira's uh, biography, um, Cassandra uh, Peterson. (laughs) Which way are we going? Doesn't matter. Lord-ish. Okay. I'm also reading uh, 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 Spark Joy. Um, for the book club. I'm punting a theme here. I know. Um, also, I'm just now finishing up The Gunslinger, part one of The Dark Tower. Nice. Um, by Stephen and? King. And I really like it. I don't know what the, all the fuss Okay. Right. Um, I need to reread it, but I hated his use of commas, but carry on. Okay. <laughs> I think it was an early... I was a petty 19-year-old. That's all I can no, say. Even, even you he, were a petty 19-year-old? Yes, and now I'm a petty 33-year-old. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, he even went back and... Uh, revised the gunslinger. Like, yes. Later on, I'm, I'm I'm reading the original version, but okay. Yeah, I think I read the revised. Uh, I can't remember. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um. Um. But yeah, I've been looking for. I've been dying for a series to fill a dune-shaped hole in my. Yeah, I think this so, one is good for you. Um, I, I I think this could be it. Yeah. I it's only so. I'm only getting done with the first book, but yeah. I've heard it. It it hurts people. So keep us end. posted. What the drawing of the three. Oh, the ending was my, almost my the ending to this series was almost like to the point of like. Oh! Yeah. Very right. frustrating. Right. I already know how it ends. This was spoiled for me years ago, but I just want to... And does that person it. who spoiled it still draw breath? I read it online, so you, okay. you I can, I can oh, go... That's the internet. I can go hunting down random internet denizens if you want me to. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a dark water. There's a movie in there somewhere. Uh, <laughs> Supreme Overlord. What, what are you reading? Or playing, or watching. Uh, so playing-wise, because I'm trying to figure out which book I... Yeah, that's the book that I wanted. Um, <laughs> playing-wise, uh, just it just went on... It was on sale for like half off recently, and so I splurged and bought Red Dead Redemption 2. Ooh. Oh, okay. 
Uh, and I, if this tells you anything about how it go, how it's going, I literally texted my friends who have played this game before I even like decided to touch it because I didn't want to deal with all the hype around it. And so I texted them and I'm like, why, why am I playing as Arthur Morgan and why would I die for them? And that tells you everything you need to know about how this game is going right now. Okay. That's the main character. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> I'm You're like all right, boy. I'm She's just happy you. to be here. <laughs> and then, um, in the meanwhile, I'm also reading It Will End Like This by Kyra Lee, which I kind of describe it oh. as a, um, it's a Lizzie Borden, but YA. Oh, yeah, you were, yes. It's yes, like yes, two yes. sisters. Mm-hmm. It is, um, yeah. Essentially, you know, they get like a stepmom, which is the Lizzie Borden story in general. Yes. It's, mm-hmm. They get a stepmom and they don't like her and they... You know, end up axe murdering people. Yeah, took an axe, gave her father forty wax, etc., etc. Yeah, I watched a whole bunch of videos on Insert you know that whole entire here. section mm-hmm. in general, and there's a lot of uh, history that goes in there. That if it was if it was October, I would be so down for giving you like info dump on the Lizzie Borden story. Uh, so we'll circle back and the Conjuring story, which I also deep dive into this week. So I mean, we're gonna Yay. wait till October. She's innocent. Spooktober. I don't know which story you're talking about. Oh, I'm talking about Lizzie Borden. That's up in the air for things. Tony, I need you to tell me exactly what you're reading. Okay, so uh, this morning, um, in an effort to just vibe with my hero because I love them so much, I started resuming my read of um, Case and Calendar's Felix Ever After, which is fantastic. It already was fantastic, but... It was just hard to read last summer because things. It's not that much easier to read this time around, but you know, I'm older, mature, whatever. It's 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 going well. I really like it. Um, but that holds no candle to my current obsession. I want you all to share. Everyone in this room is sharing oh, no. with me already, but I'm gonna share you t- it with yeah, okay. the rest of the world. If you have not gone onto Netflix. Or your friend's Netflix, or your lover's Netflix, or your child's Netflix. Well, yeah, maybe your Anybody child's Netflix. Anybody you know that has yeah. Netflix. Find Netflix and type in T I C K and it'll come up. Oh, you yeah. do yourself a favor and you the watch tick? tick, tick, boom <laughs> three or four times. Do not even give me an opinion until you've seen it three or four times. I because it like I really I'm... had to sing out something about this is, you know, the life, you know. <laughs> oh, stop it. I'm absolutely <laughs> me- I hate you so <laughs> I am mesmerized, obsessed. Um, I can't stop. I can't I cannot stop. Um, I already was in love with Andrew Garfield. I also really respect Jonathan Larson. And Lin-Manuel Miranda, as we know, is a genius. You put all three of those things together, and apparently you create a love child of a musical movie that I was meant to have burned into my retina. I'm obsessed. How many times have you viewed it so far? 2.5, if you consider the fact that I've watched the first half hour of the movie three times. Okay. Um, Okay. But the rest of it I have seen twice. So... There will be a third viewing tonight, even though I did watch it this morning before coming to work. Yeah, that I'm telling you I'm obsessed. I'm just telling you right now, warning you. Do not come to my desk unless you are See, I at least I at least have the, the excuse to say that I'm not actively turning it on. Someone sitting next to me on the couch is turning it on frequently. So yes, I, I I've watched it quite a few times, but 
I think I would want to watch it anyway, though. I, it's a good yeah. movie. It's just... Why? I would like Why? to watch Yes, that is a song. <laughs> yeah, it's my favorite song, actually. Stop. John stop is me. reading uh, the uh, Jonathan Larson biography, which there is none, which that's, yeah. that's a tragedy. Yeah, what is that crime? If you're uh, connected to, you know, musical theater or something and you know how to write words, write me a Jonathan Larson biography because I'm not the right person and it'll be another 10 years before I am, but don't try me because I'll do it. Carry on. Jen? Okay. Uh, I... <laughs> Plan starting Spark Joy tonight, probably after work, because this morning before work, I finished The Initial Insult by Mindy McGinnis, which is a young adult thriller retelling of the cask of Amontillado. Oh, yeah. <laughs> featuring two teenage girls who I assume live in Ohio because Mindy McGinnis lives in Ohio, so I just said it there for myself mentally. Uh, one teenage girl was the last person to see the other girl's parents the night they disappeared and probably died. And she, they are ex-friends, and the one girl is going to brick up the girl who was at the scene of the crime in the basement of a party until she talks. Also, there's chapters from the point of view of a panther, and I did not understand. <laughs> okay. And I am also, to circle us back into the supposed theme of this episode, I oh. also started rereading Romancing Mr. Bridgerton on Hoopla on my phone, and I'm almost done with that. That's right. You know, I actually forgot for a second that that was the theme because my brain is bo bo bowing all over the place. <laughs> it's not, it's your fault. <laughs> Don't you start. Actually, I think it's time that I'm, I'm gonna download The Duke and I on, on Hoopla, the audiobook. It, I think it's available. So uh, At least our, the ebooks are. So our theme then is... is Bridgerton. Bridgerton. Dear listeners, dear when, gentle uh, listeners. For the listeners, uh, when is the next season out? March, I think 25th, definitely March. And make sure you watch season one if you haven't already on Netflix. Yeah. Before or after is permissible. Uh, you know, before or after tick tick boom. Uh, <laughs> just throw it out there one more time for your Tony. Before and after. Yes, before and after. You know. That's going to be some tonal shifting for you, but. But Bridgerton. One, one of them has naked, beautiful men um, and women. And, and the other the one's tick tick boom. And the other one's the Exactly. <laughs> Part. I yes. have to make a brief announcement. Please yes. do. I was sent a message from Andy via pigeon, of course, oh. due, due to the fancy topic of this episode that I was supposed to pick up some confections for us. Wait, no, I could not. Okay. However, we do have a guest. Oh, I was able to fulfill oh one God, part right. of his request. Whoa, it's a naked man, isn't it? No, it's Lord Eggington. Lord Egg <laughs> oh wow, oh Lord God. Eggington. It's Lord Eggington. <laughs> Known across um, the land as Eggland's best. Oh, so he'll be joining us this time. That's what's that. What's that, Lord Eggington? Oh, there are confections. <laughs> oh, hold it. There are. Oh my God! God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand anything. Uh, none of us. I don't know what's going on, but I love it. <laughs> oh, I forgot where I put them. <laughs> Cookies. Oh my god. If you want any. Yes. Oh my god. Yes. What? You do realize that I'm the kind of person who, in lieu of any other kind of cookie, I developed an appetite for fig Newtons. 
That seems like a huge problem. Their humans are good. They are bomb, but I had to develop a taste because my, you know, other cookies were not around. Someone open those. Okay, we, just dear listeners, really quick. Uh, we had a joking sub title, working title the other day. We are five snacks because we are snacks. Five snacks eating snacks while discussing snacks. And if you've seen. Bridgerton, even ten minutes of a it, you know everyone on that show is a snack, a legit snack. Listen, I just want to start this conversation off by stating, I am not. Okay, ninety-eight percent of me is love. in love with men. Period. All day long, whatever. Two percent of me is extremely bisexual. There is a scene in which. The man who once played Cormac McLaggen yes, in Harry Potter and grew the up incredibly Prince. well. He was already pretty good. Yeah, looking, Cormac McLaggen was ugly. Cormac's, to be fair. Yeah, Cormac's whole role is he's supposed to be so hot that Hermione is like, "I'm gonna forget Ron for a second while Ron's being a jerk and take this other jerk to the party." But at least he's hot. Yes. So Cormac's supposed to be pretty fine. He's at least paying attention to me. So. <laughs> right. So this kid grows up to be the some prince. What's his nuts in Bridgerton? Friedrich. Friedrich. I'm pretty sure. I don't even know what nation Friedrich come from. Is it Prussia? It is Prussia. He's the Prussia. Pr- the Prussian prince Friedrich. Oh god, that's terrible. Um, A country that doesn't even exist anymore. <laughs> it was 1813. It was 1813. However, I know. Prussian prince Friedrich. Say that five times fast. Is in the center of the ballroom because he's a Prussian prince and the lady of the season Daphne Bridgerton who we've been following around for a while is having her own spat you know with the person that she's fake dating it's a setup a fake dating setup isn't it yes so the person she's fake dating with who is we'll get to him in a moment and his spoon she comes (laughs) she comes down the stairs spitefully dressed oh yes I literally like I've never known a woman to be that gorgeous in my entire existence, but I was like, is this what bisexuals feel all the time? Yes. <laughs> confirmed. Because the two, the two of them, in the room immediately the two of them in that scene, I was just like, I can't, if I pause this, bad things will happen. If it keeps going, bad things are going to happen. And I was alone on my couch, quarantined. <laughs> Things happen. It's fine. It's fine. This is what Bridgerton is for. This is healthy adult discussion. Yeah. yeah. This is glorious. Yeah. So, um, should we just go round robin really quick and say liked it, hated it, and why? Well, I think we all know what I thought, Jen. I haven't <laughs> watched it. <laughs> just give us your pure vibes response. But I like the vibes. <laughs> I like the vibes. Yeah, I, I just, like it. I just haven't watched it yet because the semester just started. Yeah, you've got other things happening. Yeah, I have other things fair. to care. That's fair. I liked it. I've watched they it. Liked the one. what? Because it's also a series of books. I was going to say both. Oh, I'm sorry. I was Great. going to explain. You interrupted me. How rude. I'm sorry. Is that transplaining? Yeah. Yes. Ooh. It sure is. Ooh. Carry on. Watched the show when it first dropped. Watched it again just this last week to prep for this episode. And reread The Duke and I, which I, again, read when the series dropped, just read again now. Mm-hmm. And I like them both, and it's weird, because technically the, the show is not a fantastic adaptation of book one, mm-hmm. but the choices it makes are still like really fun, good choices, and I feel like they're just good because they work 
like both storylines work. Like they're not doing that thing that terrible adaptations do sometimes where they try to pick and choose what bits of the plot line they want to follow. Her Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Oh, I'm sorry. Carry on. Yeah, like they accept Dude, that they have, I want water. They accept that the paths have diverged and do good things on both paths. Mm-hmm. And I also appreciate, which I'm sure we can fully flesh out more later. People of color just like exist in Bridgerton and it's cool and it's not a big Actually, there's deal. A, there was some chatter on this. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I no. wanted you to say whether you liked it or not because <laughs> we should dig into that after the. Yeah. Yeah, well, okay. We'll that thought will be come back because it's something I read on Twitter way back when mm-hmm. that there's a difference between showing people of color in a show and representing a people of color in a show. And I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to see okay. other was... people's thoughts on that. Mm-hmm. But, anyways. Yeah. Um, and yes, I've loosely watched it during lockdown because Aaron was watching it, and of course, my I watching was? TV is weird. And then you see <laughs> my Aaron. I know, I'm kidding. The Duke of Hastings licking an ice cream spoon, and you're like, "What?" Well, I mean, the show has a. Oh my gosh, um, Heath Ledger. What's the Night's Tale? Thank yeah. you, Night's Tale. It had to me like it drew me to it, even though I never went back to watch it start to finish on my own. Um, but it had a definite night style. And musically, some of the... Uh, you know repurp- what? That is a music choices. perfect analog. Yeah. I Yes. It is night's taily. Because things were cleaner. Mm-hmm. It, like, un- it, unexplainedly clean in this world. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are things that just... The costumes were, like, over-the-top beautiful. Yes. Everyone... I mean, was there any l- not exactly attractive person. I mean, like, most everyone that I saw on screen was, like, attractive. No, everyone was hot. They were yeah. doing that thing where Nicola Coughlin isn't hot, quote-unquote, but she's definitely still attractive because she's Nicola Coughlin. Right, like, like, please. <laughs> like, But it was, please. yeah. Like, I definitely, I, and I'm, I've started it recently. I'm, like, a one and a half episodes in. actually devoted watching it. And, of course, you saw me watching it at work the other day. Um, <laughs> I was organizing my workspace. Can't do But, yeah, I definitely like it for... I mean, like, I almost want to say it's kind of a guilty pleasure because there are issues I could find with it, but I don't really care because it's just enjoyable. It's fun. There's my dog in that fight at this point. Um, if people have really constructive, you know, criticisms about it, I welcome to, like, know that. I don't. Because <laughs> the same person who had constructive criticism about the music of Tick, Tick, Boom on my Facebook page earlier this week had those. Do they not like? Yeah, but they're, you know, let's not go there. Grant, You know, their, their you pseudonym think? was said it live in a podcast before. Yes, I know. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. I watched an episode of Bridgerton. <laughs> <laughs> and so, your thoughts? My <laughs> thoughts? It was fun. Yep, I just, yeah. frankly, I think that's, that's yeah. about Pretty as solid, yeah. yeah, that's oh. that's the point of the show. If you had developed more of a thesis after one episode, I would have just been <laughs> amazed, frankly. No, that's true. Yeah. It's not 100% my flavor of stuff, but True. I, I, you know, I, could, I, I watched it and it was a show. It was a show with actors. It was a show. Who performed after Lee Duties. And boy, yeah. did they. I mean, yes. For, <laughs> a lot of job duties for uh, Bridgerton here. Mm-hmm. Given, uh... Anthony Bridgerton's introduction to the viewers. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just so that you know, people, the show begins with two full moons. <laughs> and they're pale. They're beautiful. They're I mean, pale. they're in England. I mean, the sun doesn't shine there, like, what, once a, a year? See, that's another, willing, you know, purposeful anachronism. Where yeah, they have, right. like, no sunny. rainy days yeah. in this... In any episode of Bridgerton, minus the one... The one that you need for the one important storm. 
My two thematically important storms. I love this show and The Great, mm-hmm. um, which some people may or may not have seen. I've only seen an episode, and I, I, I love... Both shows have anachronistic versions of historical events, um, but utilize that anachronism in completely different ways. Um, the Great is trying to disturb you. It's trying to show you that being a royal is only fun if you buy into the gig, which is to just be awful. Okay. So, you know, I think it's Catherine. Yeah, Catherine is just like, she goes through this entire episode of just being completely borderline abused at the will of the emperor, and she's like, wait a minute, am I not the emperor's wife? Time to abuse back, and (laughs) that's what she, that's her plot arc. Bridgerton is completely different because it's a romance. like. I cannot stress this strongly enough. It's clean because it's a romance. Yes. The weather works the way that it does because it's a romance. The costumes are ostentatious because it is a romance. <laughs> like, Featuring aristocrats. Yes, so. yes. It is not supposed to be... Like, But even if you look at like romantic comedies from the 90s, right? All of those people have jobs, you know, but like, it doesn't matter what they do, the movie is really clean. Like, New York City does not actually look like that in real life. Um, well, especially when they film in Vancouver. Yeah. <laughs> so like, it's the, the part of the whole charm of at least romantic visual fiction is that the world is not terrible unless the plot demands for it to be in certain points. Yeah, we spent like a whole 30 seconds in the East End. <laughs> sure. When we're scaring Marina into marrying her mm-hmm. uh, so she's not conceiving a child out of wedlock, or birthing a child out of wedlock, long, yeah. conceived as yeah. ship sailed. And to that point, you know, <laughs> I saw these Twitter hot takes from Let's it, let's dissect them, shall we? From idiots. And, you know, I don't care that they're my own people who were being idiots. They were my own people being idiots. Let me explain something to you. The glory of seeing black people... First of all, the queen is black. Okay, good. Period. (laughs) The queen is black. That's all I need to say. And visible. And there's a point in the show in which you understand why she's visible and the king is not. Yes. Because they are following some historical, actual threads there. Yeah, and it's it's an incredible, um, wonderful thing. I'm a little curious. Can I know, or does it spoil anything? King George is insane. Mm-hmm. Oh. That's what the Regency period is. That the Prince Regent was ruling instead of King George, who was mm-hmm. not dead, but was to just be kind of insensitive about it, crazy. Okay. This is George III, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. King, yeah. As in King George III of Hamilton. Precisely. The same King George. Oh. Precisely, yeah. He was, yeah. Um, he, what, was it, okay, this is, I could just be making this up. Was it some kind of, like, syphilis situation? I think Untreated syphilis, syphilis had, had way yeah. syphilis. I think there was a, it had a part to play. I can't quite recall exactly Yeah, what like, it was, I but. haven't studied it recently enough to be 100% sure about that. Right. But, but the fact that they, you know, made the regent the queen, the black queen, Queen. Well, was she even technically the regent? Like, she was definitely the social season queen. I but think we didn't like, see what, her. One scene. We with didn't her see her son. doing laws. That's true. That's true. That's fair. But I think there's like one scene with her son where basically she's just like, "You come home once to do what? Goodbye." And like <laughs> everyone in the room is just like, "We don't know what to do. We don't know who's in power." And the prince like 
thinks he's going to get it over on her, and then she looks at him and he's gone. And I'm like, see that part. I may be overextending that scene a little I bit. I genuinely do not recall this scene. I thought, okay, maybe. When I get to I it, it when I get um, to it, I'll say, okay, to check this, you know. Okay. I may have invented that entire scene. It's perfectly <laughs> fine. The point is, I loved seeing all of these black people just, it's not just the main characters, the Duke is black. Yes. Um, Lady Danbury. Lady Danbury's black. And the rest of the landscape of the world in which they live is that exact same? I mean, you just black characters, white characters, I'm just all over the place. And we're getting some uh, Indian, as in from the continent or country of India, Asian continent Indians in season two. Yeah, it, it it's it's one of those things where the writers of the show are just like, yes, we know, get over it. They did do like <laughs> one little. I noticed this in my rewatch. There is like one little throwaway line mm-hmm. in oh season like episode three ish, episode four ish. Doesn't the queen say it? It is, is it? no, it is Lady Danbury talking to the Duke, I believe. Oh, yes. Which is mm-hmm. an explicit mention that, like, King George marrying Queen Charlotte, who is a black woman in the show, and mm-hmm. it, like, thus confer like, breaks the color bar in England, mm-hmm. thus confers black people the ability to receive aristocratic titles, mm-hmm. all of this thing, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And they understand how fragile their footing is there sometimes. Yeah. Like, they have to behave up to a certain standard in public. There will be that pressure on them that, yes, okay. is on probably most, if not all, of the aristocrats as well. Sure. But they feel it in a different way mm-hmm. than the Bridgerton family might as an entirely white family of 16 million children. But I also think that one of the things that I really appreciated as a black viewer, especially the summer in which I viewed it, George Floyd, um, <laughs> It was so moving to see black people doing things in films that when I was growing up, people would say, well, why do you like Jane Austen? There are no black people. Black people can't do things like that. Or why do you like Star Wars? There are no black people in it except Lando. And like Lando's a throwaway character, which first of all, they were wrong. But the point is like people give you grief all the time if you're just a nerd and you happen to be black. Like, you have to be the nerd in the right way. Like, why don't you listen to rap music? That's your music. And it's like, no, actually all of it is? Because you don't have rock and roll without us? But anyway, the the point is, like, it just works because you don't have to think about it. And you shouldn't always have to, because guess who else doesn't? And I felt the privilege for a moment. I was like, thank you, Shonda. I just enjoyed, (laughs) again, I appreciate, and none of my opinion necessarily matters here. I appreciated that they did do, again, like the very quick throwaway, like establishing that they Mm -hmm. recognize that Queen Charlotte is black, Mm -hmm. that the Duke is black, that Lady Danbury is black. Mm -hmm. But they're not going to unpack racism because it is a romantic comedy about Daphne and Simon falling in love. Mm -hmm. The... Like the point of Bridgerton is not to unpack racism. Correct. That's a different television show. But also, again, I'm going to reiterate this for people who don't seem to understand that just because people of color show up in a narrative, I'm so tired of seeing this story where it's like, and there are black people here. Let's talk about racism. We are so much more than a history lesson okay. for you. Do your anti-racism homework away from my fiction, please, because that's what it's there for. Go read Beloved. 
and get off my fiction. Like, leave it alone. Or, like, I, are there <laughs> stories where, like, yes, you can't do hairspray and not discuss race. The whole point of hairspray because that's the whole point is of hairspray. race. Yes, exactly. You like, can do Bridgerton without yes. discussing race. Or, like, I get really... Regardless of what... Uh, races the central characters are going to be. Yes, yes. Or I get really suspect if you see like productions of West Side Story or those certain productions of Romeo and Juliet where they try to be clever and you know, mm-hmm. all of our black students are going to be on one side and you know, Capulets and all of our white mm-hmm. students are going to be Montagues and then it's like, but the play doesn't discuss the di- racial differences and it's like, mm. the point is, there are, there are places where this is okay, there are stories in which this is okay, and there are stories and should be more of them in which Black people just get to be black people. Because you know what black people talk about when we're around each other? We don't talk about white people. We don't talk about race. We talk about chicken and watermelon and pop music and John Williams. And like we talk about everything in the world. I something I thought about when a year like over a year ago, I had to check what year this came out. But um when watching it originally and again, liken it to like weird, like Knight's Tale, and then going to something else. Mm-hmm. The historical, like, yeah, there are black people in this in the story, just woven in for no reason at all. Maybe very, like, they just want to include. And I'm articulating this poorly, but going back in time to <laughs> 1997 mm-hmm. and Cinderella, when Brandy was. Ugh. Yes. I love that version. Yes. And that King, Queen, and Prince do not make any genetic sense. <laughs> not at right? all. But it's like, they adopted him. We can go there. Like, I'm fine with that. <laughs> I mean, I, I thought then, watching that way back when, that it, it reminded me of a stage adaptation. People get cast because they are the best for the part at the time. At least that's yeah. how it should be. Carry on. I actually, right? I actually remember theory. the Brandy version of Cinderella before. I watched the animated version of Cinderella. I, interesting. Like, yeah, that's just too. the one that I watched as a kid beforehand because yep. it was at Family Video. And yeah. that's the one that I grabbed first. Me too. But that's because my mom. I do love the most. But also, like again, Gus everyone's Gus. going to, rightly or wrongly, get all up in anachronism arms about black people being in Bridgerton. They're playing Ariana Grande underneath all the balls. Hello. Yeah. Beautifully, by the way. Yeah, like I, mean, I love it. It's great. And I loved, I thought I heard you know some interview with one of the showrunners, music designers, whatever, that the reason they did. Ariana Grande and Shawn Mendes and the Jonas Brothers and whatever underneath all of these scenes mm-hmm. is that it allows us to know, okay, this is a, you know, it's popular music. What we think of as classical and things that nobody listens to were the big hit songs of the yep. day. So they're doing that sort of anachronistic, like allowing the viewers to understand, mm-hmm. okay, Everyone loves. That's why everyone's going wild and trying to get on the dance floor. Everyone loves this song. Loves this song by Johannes Brahms is like definitely like the most popular <laughs> thing in the 1800s. Yeah. yeah. But you today, you're gonna sit there and be like, "This is boring. I hate yeah. this." So we're gonna put some Jonas Brothers underneath. Or sometimes it. we just want to set a lot of romantic scenes to a Taylor Swift song because it makes sense. Well, and you know, <laughs> yes, exactly. It just it fits in with the whole. They went anachronistic and they went big. Like, yeah. they were like, we're not just gonna, like, go cute. I mean, they let them keep their British accents. Right. Fine. <laughs> the silhouettes of the costumes are all as correct as I understand them Absolutely. to be. Absolutely, yeah. Even if the colors are obviously maybe more vibrant than they would have been. Sure. But it also, like, they're doing storytelling with, you know, the Bridgertons are always in, like, blue and violet, guys. But, you know, The I, Featheringtons are always in green and yellow. Like, yeah. there's color this stories is, happening. And I had this argument with someone. I mean, I really had a big argument with this person because she had the nerve. We were at church 
Yes, she was my elder, but she was wrong, and I was going to let her know. Um, she had the nerve to say, oh, I like this you know, film adaptation because they made Egypt in Moses' day look exactly the way it should look, dusty and dirty. They're in the middle of a desert. And I was like, they lived on a riverscape. Like, I just, I lost my mind. And I was like, and also, if you know anything about pyramids, you know that those things gleamed for miles before you ever saw one in person. <laughs> People think that historical time periods, that they didn't have bright clothing and bright brick buildings. It's like, are you kidding me? Are you, are you have serious? you seen Roman aqueducts? Have you seen the Sistine Chapel? Like. These are people who went out of their way to make the biggest, brightest, best, and bombest things happen. They're our inspiration, I, not I, the other I, way I around. Think my like, favorite <laughs> thing about that is people think that the way that like those things look now, so like for example, the way that the pyramids look now, must be how like, they looked. That must be how they looked back then. But if you know anything <laughs> about like art or Roman statues or like or imperialism or colonialism or, or in general, like the grades <laughs> over time. So, like, when I was in art history class, I did, like, a whole entire paper on, like, a little uh, statue of a snake goddess or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's from Manoa, which is, like, this tiny island. It's, like... Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. The island of Crete. That's yeah. where, like, the Greek myth, myth comes from, is <laughs> that tiny little island. Mm -hmm. And this, like, thing, when I, like, started getting deeper into it, like, it actually talks about the um, trade routes that they went through. Mm. And it talks, like, specifically there's, like, a slab of blue that's, like, on the skirt of this, like, whole entire, like, tiny statue that's maybe about, like, this big. And for those who can't see, like, the, just take your own imagination, it's small. A little taller than your iPhone. Yeah. And it's they got a blue skirt, and everyone, and, and, like, historians are going, we don't know where this came from. But then they actually looked at the trade routes, and it turns out that the only place that actually had that color blue was Egypt. Bingo. And that's where they got it from because they would send it across the channels to each other and that's how we get our Roman statues is because they stole it from Egyptians. So that's fun. You know. Okay. Yes. Favorite characters. Or character. I hate to whittle it down to one because this is an ensemble piece. So like, yeah. favorites. Admittedly, I, I have a soft spot for Penelope and a friend and I deeply disagree Wait, on so Penelope's Penelope. choices. The youngest Featherington sister. Yes. I stand her all day long. Yes. A friend, in my, a friend of mine and I have disagreements on her treatment of Marina throughout the course of the show. But Which one was Marina? Oh. Honestly, though, I'm going to let you finish because if I were Penelope, I'd have drugged Marina by her hair across several ballrooms, okay? Oh, but that's so just cute. my opinion. <laughs> no, I agree. Okay, my friend thinks it was a jerk move for Penelope like to this. reveal, even anonymously, that Love Marina was people. pregnant with another man's baby when she was trying to marry Colin Bridgerton. Spoilers, the show's been out for months, guys, sorry. Dumbledore books. It's also a book. Years, actually, <laughs> at this point, right? Well, the books have been out for years. The show's been out... Okay, maybe yeah, a year-ish. It was like Christmas 2020, so I guess a year. Yeah, yeah, wow. Ooh. Time doesn't fly in COVID. Yep. Carry on. But, um, and Penelope, who we, I will not spoil a different thing, even though this has also been out for years, but Penelope eventually makes it known to everyone that Colin Bridgerton's fiance is pregnant with another man's baby, even though they are, uh, even though this fiance is also her cousin. They have developed a good friendship over time. 
And my friend thinks that Penelope should not have done this, that she should have allowed Colin to marry Marina, that she should have. And I'm like, I, I just don't feel good about doing this to a good man. It, like uh, her whole deal was that she didn't want to marry someone who would just treat her like trash for the rest of her life in order to keep this baby safe, and I respect mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. But then, if you're going to go out of your way to find a good man, I don't feel good about doing like in well, baby trapping him. Essentially, I love yes, and I love. There's a quote from Downton that I always thought about when I was watching that whole thing unfold that I completely agree with and I'm in line with with Edith's whole mm-hmm. situation. Yes. You know, where basically, I think it's, it's everyone, but like her mom and her dad and her grandmother are like, but really though, you're gonna, like, if you're not honest with him, you're gonna start your marriage with a lie. Is that yeah. really what you want? And Mary, Mary has the same kerfuffle in a different way. It's yes. like, do you really, I mean, you know, nobody wants to tell their the love of their lives, Matthew Crawley, that, you know, she, Killed a man by having sex with him. Yeah, that part. I was trying not to say murder snatch. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Too late. Nobody wants to, like, admit that to the love of their life. Well, especially because she's not even supposed to have had sex before marriage. But Precisely. But that's the point, is that, like, are you willing to risk scandal to actually have an honest and open marriage with this person? You're not going to be able to do that if you don't do it at the very beginning. And I think that was my problem with Marina, is that she wasn't even willing to conceive of the idea. Is he really a good man? Then you should be able to risk that by being honest with him. Yeah. But she wasn't even willing to conceive of the idea. And I'm like, girl, I can't stand a victim. Like, don't be a victim on somebody else's It very much felt like Like, nothing was ever good enough for her. Yeah. Like, obviously, she doesn't want to marry some of the terrible gentlemen that were paraded in front of her. And, like, again, no judgment there, girl. Right. But, again, you want Colin, but you don't want to tell him the truth. Mm-hmm. When it turns out that your boyfriend was killed in action, you refuse to marry his brother, who is trying to do the good and honorable thing, and who yep. seems, again, we don't know anything about him, but he doesn't seem like a jerk. He doesn't seem to have... Well, if we've read the books, we theoretically know some things about him that will come to light in the future. Sir Philip's probably going to come back, is all I'm saying. But oh, okay. Like a, like a persuasion situation? Well... Uh, no. In, okay, maybe not. Elo- I wikied it. Well, <laughs> Eloise falls in love with Sir Philip Crane in book five, so... Okay, never mind. Not a persuasion situation. No. Um, I think my favorite character was the CGI bee that yes. lands on the doorknob from the first episode. Anyways, the B is very not. important to season two. Okay. <laughs> Legitimately. Really? That's oh, funny. Actually? Yeah, I mean, maybe not that specific CGIB, but bees as a concept okay. are important to season two. Oh, why, are, why are bees significant to season two? How much do you guys care about spoilers? I, I care very you? deeply about spoilers. Okay. Then I cannot say. Yeah, no, she cannot say until I have I can tell you privately two. later. Okay. Yeah, right. Yeah. The bees are coming. Yeah. The bees are yes. coming. It's fine. I, I bees? Bees. And then also, I love no murder all three of the older Bridgerton oh my God, brothers you the murder simultaneously and deeply. All three of them. All They're three of them. So, so good. You know what? I will have to say, though, like, I loved all three of them for different reasons. Yes. I specifically love the way that, oh, which is, I hate saying this because the only one I can remember is Anthony, Anthony, Anthony. Um, Anthony, his, Benedict, and Colin. Benedict. Thank you. They're named alphabetically. That's right. That's the other thing. I love that about the Bridgertons is that they all have alphabetical names. Yeah. So the fourth sibling is 
Daphne. I mean, it yeah. just... <laughs> Violet's like, we thought it was orderly. And I'm like, you're not wrong, Violet. It's, you're not wrong. It's brilliant. I absolutely am obsessed with that. In the books, and in the show technically too, but the show changes this. In the books, Daphne and Simon then go on to also name their own children alphabetically. Of course. But also the show do. does the thing where they give them a boy right away. In the books, Daphne and Simon have four children before they hit a boy. Well, you know. Yeah, they were wrapping up a plot thread thing that was dangerous and they needed to, yep. they needed to go there. Um, yeah, Daphne's bad choices. A lot to unpack. Yeah, let's... We'll wait a second before we do I don't that. know if I have a favorite character. Um, but yeah, no, Anthony yeah. is, of the three brothers, my favorite. Easily. I hate to agree with And that. I don't know if it's because... You know, we just see the cakes straight up from the beginning, and it's just like I'm, I'm one, I'm sold, I'm good. <laughs> or I really liked his character, though. I really liked. And I think he just gets out of the three of them. Not that Benedict and Colin don't have some plot lines, but Anthony really gets like some of the meatier mm-hmm. stuff to do, like grappling with more of the responsibility of mm-hmm. being the viscount at an age in which he never expected to be the head of his family, because mm-hmm. his father should have had plenty more years of life left to him. Is he the yes. one that's trying to run his sister's life? Yes. A bit? Yes. 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 Yes, because yeah. their father has died, so he is now technically the Viscount, even though his mother is still alive, because hereditary things are weird. Yeah, Primogeniture mm-hmm. is stupid. Is that the one that's stupid? I think so. I mean, Prima Nocta is also stupid, so I mean, okay. they're all dumb. Um, <laughs> inheritance in and of itself is a wholly ridiculous concept, um, as far as I'm concerned. But, you know, I might be biased. <laughs> Colonialism. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Where was I going with that? Oh! Benedict was great because you got an angle into how difficult it was to be gay without it being like, oh my god, the trauma, because it was like, no. Okay, he certainly marries a girl in book three, so we're going to see how that I mean, And maybe he's bi, but like, it's fascinating that they... Could be the beard. ...took Benedict in that direction. Yeah, and I just like, there's very subtle, again, that if and when they get to season three and Benedict and Sophie's story, they were laying some groundwork for him. From like mm. his, not quite from the jump, but like they were giving him some of his things that will circle back for him in his own book mm. later. Okay. Even the Colin and Penelope stuff circles mm. back to their book, book four. Like they again, they even brought Sir Philip, which is book five. Like they have been setting people up for future stories. Excellent. I'm mm. good with that. But Daphne is just my favorite overall. Can, can I jump in? I want to jump in Daphne really quick. Not the character. I want to to the actress. Okay. <clears throat> when I was a week or two ago, I was just looking some stuff up online, and how did she end up with Pete Davidson? Because everyone has ended up with Pete Davidson at this point in present No, no one in this room has dated Pete Davidson, you know. Yet? Yeah. Yeah, but our favorite... Thank you, our, Max, you know, is playing in our, the background of my Our favorite head. Aquaman, you know. <laughs> our what? There's, have you seen that meme? Where, like, it was it happened, like, two days after it was announced that, um... Jason Momoa? Jason Momoa and the Bonet Zoe girl. Kravitz. Oh, yeah. Lisa. Lisa Bonet. Lisa Bonet. Um, yes, we're calling it quits. And there's this picture of Pete Davidson and him wa- walking hand in hand. Don't ask me where that picture came from. <laughs> but it says, like, man, Pete Davidson is just out here wrecking all kinds of lives. So <laughs> <just> like, yes. <laughs> it's brilliant. Pretty soon we're going to be able to do like a five degrees of Kevin Bacon. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh my it's gosh. True. We need to have um, a Pete Davidson episode. No, we don't. No, we don't. <laughs> never I mean, shout out, but no. No, absolutely. If we want to get canceled, like, no. Um, I'm going to tag him in this. But anyways, I'm going to say, <laughs> I like, I do think 
that I like Book Daphne more than I like Show Daphne. I don't dislike Show sure. Daphne by any means, but I okay. do think I like Book Daphne a little bit more, just because I felt like the one thing that they changed from the books to the show that I felt was a bit of a disservice was that they made Daphne like the star of the season, everyone's favorite, like the one to beat, when in the books, she's actually much more of a uh, best friend type. Like everyone thinks of her as like a best friend or a little sister. She's been out for three seasons. Some people have proposed, but they've either been old enough to be her father or just terrible. See you, Nigel Burbrook. So she's more of an Edith Crawley. Not even. Not quite as bad as Edith. No, because I like her. I said I like her. <laughs> yeah. Carry on. But Daphne just to do, like, even in the show when we see Daphne not Nigel Burbrook's lights out at the end of the episode, mm-hmm. it felt like even accidental, like she was just kind of panicked and did it. Mm-hmm. In the books, it's not exactly much more intentional. But she throws a clean punch and, like, knocks nice. him flat out. Mm-hmm. And when the Duke is like, holy crap, how did you do that? She's like, I have three older brothers. I know how to throw a punch. And like, she's just got, like, because he's a boxer. He's not a boxer in the books, but yes. Oh, but sorry. he's still, like, he would know enough to know a clean punch when he sure. sees it. Oh, sure. Yeah. So, and there's just bits like that where, like, I just felt like she had, like, slightly more of, I guess, a backbone almost mm-hmm. in the books. Like, not that she's any sort of weeping flower in the show. Right. But, like, they they make her a little more demure and a little more careful. And in the book, I feel like she gets a little more... Like, there's even a scene where the Duke, like, notices that she has, like, strong upper arm muscles. Mm-hmm. Which I just kind of, like, again, it's a little different for me for romance reading especially. Mm-hmm. Like, it felt a little different than this sort of classic, like, oh, she's the hot girl. But she mm. needs everyone to like her enough to actually get a good proposal in marriage. And you know what? This is actually something I have a rather large complaint about with it, how women are historically drawn in narrative in general. As soon as a woman does anything in um, a narrative that purpor- that purports to be historically accurate, not that Bridgerton is, <laughs> but even purports to take place in history, Suddenly, they're like this demure little wallflower who can't speak or, or preach or do or anything. Or like in the books, and it's like, like Daphne you... like riding like a fast horse. Like it is noted multiple times that like she rides at side saddle, but like she likes getting on a horse and like going to town. Yeah. And, like show Daphne, and again, granted, this is probably because they had about ten minutes of film, and Phoebe Dynavore probably didn't have a fantastic riding background. Sure. But, but it's one of these. It's it, for me. It's frustrating because it spins on this ridiculous narrative that is very like 1.5 wave of feminism where it's like women have always been the underdogs and mistreated and we must fight for them and it's like do you realize that women in like every historical society carried swords and guns because the men weren't doing what they were supposed to do and they were like fine we're lopping off heads today we're shooting down men today we're gonna die but so what like and then what did what did Beyonce say? Strong enough to bear the children, then to get back to business. Like that's literally been women from the foundation they got of history. A hat they're not afraid to use it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And like one of the things that that I think Jane Austen does so well, and all Jane Austen adaptations have to know this when they go in, is that she writes smart, competent women, and the society is going to punish them for being smart and competent. It doesn't matter how beautiful Elizabeth is. Jane is slightly prettier and slightly more demure, and that makes her better. Yes. Whereas Elizabeth is just as beautiful. She's just also not going to 
sit and be stupid or quiet for any reason. Like it's an impulse. But also, <laughs> um, what's good about that, and also what's good about both the book Duke and the show Duke and Bridgerton mm -hmm. is that they see these traits in the women that they are going after and they rise to the challenge, which I think is something yes. that people, when they like to judge romance novels, I think that's one of the factors that really is what people actually dislike. If you dig down deeper yes. into why they say they don't like romance novels, mm -hmm. there is that undercurrent of like, oh, these books are like a woman's fantasy of like a woman being treated well. If she says X, Y, or Z, somebody believes her, somebody rises to the moment. That's true, yeah. There is the support. Mm -hmm. Like, Darcy turns around and examines his whole life and is like, ah, oh, crap, she's right. Yeah, right, and I mean like, they get into it, which is, I love that scene. <laughs> Um, yeah, and I, but and I think that like definitely Bridgerton has that like some of that in it. The show has like it allows them to be a little bit more even. But there is because she does get to rescue him too. Yes, and there that level of power is an interesting power dynamic. Um, yeah, because she's got the family background to understand. Like, hey man, you can't let your father trauma hang over you your entire life. Yes. If you want to be a functional adult. Yes, but there are times when, like, even just acting wise, you can tell that she was given instruction to instruction to breathe a certain way, mm -hmm. because, you know, she's presenting a certain sort of image to us, the audience. And I never really understand why empowered, wealthy women in modern society decide to write women that way just because they're writing a historical. Like, it's like, no, you don't really understand how politics in England worked if you write that way. I mean, if you were a woman whose husband had died and all you had were daughters, not all you had, but if you had, you know, multiple daughters, you had power that a lot of other women did not have because their husbands arranged everything. You did and you didn't, depending on how much money your husband left you. That's with true, and also depending died. on like what, what your ranking was. Like the closer you were to the throne, the more the king had to say, kind of thing. But there, there's always a you know there's a reason that the Poland girls were used in mm -hmm. such a way because their parents recognized like here's a straight path to the throne, and the king likes his ladies. Let him like our ladies first. Like this is how I yeah. Know. I appreciate that. Violet Bridgerton is possibly the best mom on the planet. I do love her. Mm -hmm. I do. I thought she was cool. Was she? Speaking of one of my obsessions, well, my current obsession, was she the ad lady in Tick, Tick, Boom? Let's I find out. I don't think so, but I don't know this for certain. <coughs> okay. <coughs> the ad lady seemed familiar to me. Okay. And I, but I could be wrong. Andy's already on um, the job. Okay. Yeah. We'll let Andy yeah. Google yeah. that. Violet Bridgerton. Yeah. So, um... Yeah. It doesn't show that she was in Tick, Tick, Boom. Okay, Bridgertons or Featheringtons? Bridgertons. Bridgertons. <laughs> Is that supposed to be a question? <laughs> yeah, you've, no, I, you've met the Featheringtons. That actually was a character. Mom Featherington. I don't like her, but she's got some incredible like oh, yeah. storyline oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, she she gets to... I mean, if I was an actress for you would want to play her. Yes. I would want to play her, but gosh, she is... She's Because also you get, like, they even give her a little bit of humanization in that, like, you get that she's kind of had the fate that Marina is trying to escape. Yeah. And she has made the best of it. Like, she has, yeah. like, it's not fantastic. She definitely doesn't have a loving marriage. No, but, but how like, many of them did? 
But her sphere of controller. Yeah, like, but she's pretty... had incredible power. She yeah. had mm-hmm. children that she loves. She has a good life, even if she doesn't love her husband, and mm-hmm. even if she has to save his butt every thirty seconds. Yeah, he was the gambling queen. Yep. Ugh. And now he's dead. Dun, dun, oh yeah. Dun, 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 <laughs> Spoiler. Yeah. yeah. It had dun, it. Dun, also, you know, I mean, yeah, anyway, um, are we going to talk about Daphne's choices? Daphne's bad choices? We have a couple minutes before we should do a smack. Oh my goodness, wow. You know, it was actually kind of interesting, like, I was taking this back seat, like, no, this is your two, like, Bridgerton yeah. super fans going to work. So, <laughs> how do we feel about Daphne's bad choice? Okay, so you've read the book. Yes. So you know how it goes there. Yes. In the show, because I remember that's the thing that I heard about Bridgerton before anything else, was everyone was going on and on and on about, you know, what Daphne did. And I'm like, okay. People are probably over-exaggerating. But I was warned that it also happens in the book, so I'm like, okay. Yeah, they did not invent it for the television. Yeah, so I was like, all right, I'll, I'll go into this, watching for what I see. I feel that... What she did was something that she should not have done, even though I understand precisely why exactly. she did it. Exactly the same. Um, I think that people who pitch it as sexual assault might be pitching it a it, bit strongly. It at is least the show version. slightly assaultier in the books, I don't necessarily want to brand it that hard just because I, mm. for, I, if people who have experienced sexual assault want to label it that, yeah, that right. is one thing. Yes. I don't feel comfortable branding it with that label Precisely, yeah. for myself. Yeah, yeah. Because in the books, spoiling it for the rest of you guys, sorry. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I was literally just supposed in to the show and in the books. So whatever. The Duke tells Daphne before they marry that he cannot have children. Mm-hmm. And that is specifically the phrasing, I cannot have children. Mm-hmm. And Daphne is 18 and grew up in Regency London as an aristocrat. So she doesn't know how the process of making babies works. <laughs> so she assumes that he is impotent, that he is physically incapable of producing a child. Oh, okay, I got what, it. What happens in the books and what we see in the show is that as they consummate their marriage and enjoy a satisfying married life, Hmm. he pulls out every time time. they are consummating the marriage. Uh So, and until Daphne gets a lesson from some of the servants, which must have been a fun day for them, (laughs) she doesn't realize that that's the thing that's keeping her from getting pregnant, that it is not any sort of impotence on the Duke's part, but that part A needs to meet part B and finish. (laughs) So then, in the show and in the books, when Daphne finds this out, she and the Duke are once again consummating the marriage, and she gets on top, pins him down, and doesn't allow him to pull out before things end. God, I hope this was clean enough for a work podcast. No, I I mean, it's Bridgerton. It's, 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 come on. It's what? What'd you say? Get out. (laughs) So then, in the books... He had gone out and gotten drunk the night before. So there's like an extra like step in there. Came home inebriated. But also they had a very, it was one of those things where he spilled a lot of honesty because he was hammered and thus didn't have some of his inhibitions up. Yeah. But more in the sense of that he does love, like he loves Daphne, he does want to be with her, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And even when they wake up the next morning, he's definitely 
mildly drunk to maybe starting to get hungover. He's not nearly as intoxicated as he was when they went to bed. Mm, mm-hmm. But they wake up. Daphne realizes that he's in the mood. And the bad choice happens. Yes. And also, I think it made sense for that because since he was still inebriated to mildly hungover, it makes sense that she was physically strong enough to hold him down, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, I agree. In the show, yeah. he's totally sober. And so I don't quite... Again, if they've made mm-hmm. Phoebe Dynavore be Phoebe Dynavore and not somewhat Kevin. strong Daphne Bridgerton from the books... Yeah, I agree. I don't see how he couldn't have... Again, she probably would have flown off the bed. He probably just didn't want to concuss her, but... Sure. <laughs> yeah, right. And I, 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 I think it's one of those scenarios in which... Um, but as a person, again, the one thing she has wanted is a big family like the family she grew up with. Yeah. She made the choice when things were going to happen and she was going to have to either marry the Duke or live or be quote unquote ruined and basically never be allowed in polite society again and probably doom her sister's chances of marriage as well. Yeah. She made the choice to go ahead and marry the Duke, knowing that she would not be able to have children. Mm-hmm. Or so she thinks. Yes. Shout out to yeah. your escape room that you created. Um about a year ago. Oh, thank you. We should pull that out and share it again. Do you we still should. have it around? Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll yeah. attach it to the podcast. Yeah, yeah. But no, I yeah. really feel like it's... it's but a, I think it's an understandable choice for someone who's at max 20 years old, if we're going with book Daphne. She's between, like, 18 and 21, regard, if it's show versus book. And you have to understand, like, if she doesn't even understand the process of consummation, there's no way in the world she understands consent. Which is yeah. a whole part no, none of, of them would have understood. understanding the process Minus, of consummation. Minus, like, somebody actually yeah. taking you into a back alleyway. Yeah, right, and right, and, and being, yes, exactly. Being, they would not, yes. there was, marital rape was not a concept. No, Consent no. was not a concept. Right. The husband had the right to, to have sex take, with the wife. Yes, exactly. Whenever they wanted whenever to. Whenever he so chose. And so there is an element for her, in her mind... Although it is wrong for her to do, and she even like in her she mind, knows that she's making a she has not justified this to herself. Sure, but in her mind, in in her psychosis, more than just in her conscious mind, because yeah, it's not even her. a conscious thing. In her psychosis, there is an element of power. She is the one saying, "I will have this my way." You will bear my, or I will yeah. bear our child because I have made. Yeah. And also, deal. I think it's even it's a little you know, bit of like. The only way she can confirm is if she yes. does it. Like, she has no other, like, because yes. he could tell her every day till he's blue in the face. No, the reason sure. why I'm pulling out is this. Like, yes. she cannot confirm what is the truth unless this happens. But therein, of course, lest anyone feel that I am actually on her side, therein, of course, lies the actual crux of the problem in the first place. That is, my friends, what taking advantage of someone is. Literally, that's yes. why it is a bad choice, even though for the time, for her age, for all of those factors, it is an understandable choice in 1813, when in 1913 and 2013, it is not an understandable choice. It is still wrong because you are taking advantage of someone who trusts you. I did. So, there. That is our feelings on the back. Really quick. Yes. <laughs> Snog, Mary, Avada Kedavra. Oh, oh. Benedict, Anthony, Colin. That's exactly what I was going to say, yes. Oh, well, you know, I have to marry Anthony because, well, you know. If I go on looks alone, I'm also agreeing with that statement. The, 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 the tree and the cakes and me. Frankly? I should have actually taken one of those people out and said the spoon. Because after what was done to that spoon, come on now. <laughs> the spoon! <laughs> I 
I would snog. I know you're a, a marrying Colin kind I of I think I'm marrying Benedict, you? actually. Really? Benedict's book was one of my favorites. Okay. It's a Cinderella story. He gets her out of jail at the end, you guys. Oh. He rescues her from prison. Oh, because of the thing <laughs> that she's been doing? Uh, because Spoiler, uh, spoiler, bro. <laughs> no, that is, that's Penelope. Oh, oh, he marries somebody else. Benedict marries Sophie, who is the illegitimate daughter of an earl, who, when the earl dies and her stepmom takes over, turns her into a Cinderella type character. Ah, so sure. Oh, when her mom, when her stepmother kicks her out, she takes a pair of like diamond shoe clips with her, and then years later, the stepmom's vindictive enough to go to the police, like she stole my shoe clips, arrest her, she would be and that's when oh. Benedict and Violet show up at prison to break their fiance slash soon-to-be daughter-in-law. They haven't proposed yet, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> Out of prison. Okay, that's pretty great. Um, I still think, you know, based on the show, that um, Benedict would be a wonderful snog. And the problem with Colin is not because he's a problem at all. It's that if I don't marry him, he's going to go find someone else. And if I don't snog him, he's going to be rude about it for the rest of my life. And I just don't give, I just don't care. So, you know, sorry. Exile. Um, and also, <laughs> bruh. You should have been with my girl Penelope in the first okay. place. Skip I would like Marina. To, so I would like to snog Colin just because I think he's cute. He is cute. I can't marry him because Penelope would murder me. Yeah, we are. <laughs> I would like marry Benedict. And I'm sorry, Anthony, I love you. But also, if I marry Benedict and then kill you, my situation... It, it, like, Benedict guys over Benedict. Yes, huge increase. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yeah, the benefit of Benedict. Okay. I like. Yes. We like. I can't tell them apart. And that's fair. <laughs> they are the Jonas Brothers of this well, show. one, I, I could always tell them apart, but that's, again. I can, but sometimes, like, if you got them at a profile and, like, not close up enough, I was like, okay, I get it. That's true. I there can tell them apart, like, when I see them head on. There were a couple of Witcher scenes, podcast. Yeah. You can talk about that one. I've never seen you it. Know, you never read The Witcher. Uh, no, played The Witcher. Yeah, yes, you know what? Yeah, I'm, um, I, I'm just forewarning everybody that I will be rude during the Witcher <laughs> podcast because the season well, one makes me violently angry. Well, first we have to talk about your book pick for next time. Next episode is your book pick. Oh, oh yeah. shoot, it's yeah. that time, yeah. isn't it? Mm -hmm. What are we all reading? Do we want to talk about it now? Just announce it. Are you going to read? Come on. Oh, reading? sure. Maybe uh, the, the readers can read along with us. called A Good Kind of Trouble by Lisa Moore Renee. Uh, it is a great 